Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. All right, let's turn in our Bibles to Numbers chapter 27. Actually, turn to Jeremiah 6, first of all. Jeremiah chapter 6. And I'm going to pray over this series that we're going to be opening tonight. It's kind of hooking up with our previous series on Committed for Love. But we're going to move into something now. And Father, we're asking for your help. You are our helper. And Father, we're asking tonight that you would give us words that we can understand. Help us to see clearly what you're saying to us right now in this hour. As we look out in the world, Father, we see a lot of chaos, a lot of danger, a lot of perilous times. And we're just, we're here to be equipped. We're here to fellowship with you, be among other believers, sense your presence, get instruction, be supernaturally helped, encouraged, corrected if need be, so that when we go out, Father, we're a help in these crazy times. And we thank you, we are being equipped. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to Jeremiah 6. Now, I just want to remind you, if you were here last Wednesday, and I wasn't, you heard uh, Sarah Austin teach, and the first scripture she went to was 2 Timothy chapter 3, where it talks about, in the last days, perilous, dangerous times shall come. And then Paul, by the Spirit of God, lists off a whole bunch of things that were going to be happening in people's lives in the last days. Men would be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And there'd be some that would have a form of godliness, but they'd be denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. He didn't say don't love them, but he said don't you dare follow them. Watch out about hanging with them too long either. What's on them will start to get on you. And I was thinking about that whole list of things there in 2 Timothy, and so much of it is the exact opposite of honor. Lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And the list goes on. So much of it is simply People not taking honor seriously. And so I really believe we need to do that. And here's the the thing of the series up there, honoring God more. And the reason I believe the Lord led me to title it that way is because I believe we're all honoring God some. I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody in the sound of my voice that isn't at least a little bit respecting God, the things of God, honoring Him. But as, my, as I study the Scriptures, honor is not something that we top out in. You can grow and grow. And, and the coolest thing about this, the more we honor the Lord, the more He can honor us. And when He honors you, you know it, and everybody around you knows it. It's not an invisible feeling. It is a tangible honoring of God, just like we read there. Barns filled with plenty, Presses bursting forth with prosperity. 
that's visible, tangible. If our honor to him is substantial, his honor to us will be substantial, tangible. And so this is so interesting because the Lord basically is saying, and we'll go to the scripture in a minute in 1 Samuel, those that honor me, I will honor, says the Lord. He's basically saying, you regulate how much I can honor you, the Lord says. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to... Alright, so let's read the scripture in Jeremiah 6, verse 16. <clears throat> I, I'm pretty sure this is the one. It's, it's been on my notes for a while, so we'll see. Jeremiah 6, and verse 16. I'm going to rely on the screen, so I'm just going to wait for it here. Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus says the Lord, Stand you in the ways and see, and, oh, excuse me, ask... For the old paths, where is the good way? And walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. They say, it's old-fashioned. We're in a new generation, Pastor. We're in a new generation. Things are different now. You know, values are different now. Priorities are different now. You know, God understands, you know, a little sin here, a little sin there. No big deal. Just comes with the times. God said, watch out about that. Ask for the old paths. And I'll I'll be honest with you. In the the American sense, there is nothing old-fashioned about God's ways. He's so far ahead of us. Until you take the fastest computer, the fastest servers on this planet, bare skins and knives to the Lord. He is so beyond computer and digital technology. Are you kidding me? So really, when we're talking about his old paths, the things he said thousands of years ago, it's more futuristic than anything this man will ever reach to in his own knowledge. Old, everybody say old paths. Honor is one of these things. Honor to a lot of people, you know, being honorable. You know, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Dressing up once in a while. You know, you know opening car doors for ladies. Honor is not old fashioned. It's a godly, biblical, characteristic trait that's supposed to be in all of our blood. And no matter what the majority does, we stick with the old paths. And you got to watch. I mean, so I've, I've been a pastor for 33 years. I've observed a few things in my short time pastoring. And one of the things that I've seen that's caused me to cringe a little bit and pray a little bit more is seeing so much casualness come into the church. I did a little uh, study once and thinking about where the word casual comes from. Well, think of this, casualties. What does casualness lead to? If it's too casual, it can lead to casualties. And I'm primarily talking about heart, but if it's really in your heart, it'll also show up in the outward. We've had to deal with a lot of things as church leaders for 33 years. And, um, you know, we just we've learned a few things. I mean, we've got a lot more to learn. And I'll share a few of these things during the series with you about some things we've, we've come up against in, in situations. And one thing is that I see really needs some work right now in the church. If we want to see more of the honor of God in our church, which would be signs, wonders, miracles, healings, powerful things. Right. Uh, as uh, prosperity, deliverance, health is we need to come up in our honor for the things of God. Maybe some of us need to come back to where we were and take off from there. Maybe some of us just need to come up 
once and for all, right? Initially. And so turn with me, please, to Numbers chapter 27. Numbers 27. So I'm sure we're honoring God some, but can we honor Him more? Think there's any more room in your life for more honor for the Lord? This actually, this message right here will eliminate a ton of Lord help me prayers. Help will just be there. You know, there's certain things, if we'll just live a certain way and do certain things, we won't have to pray for help so much. The help will just be there. Anybody interested in uh, having to pray less prayers but seeing more results? Well, a lot of times the Lord's going to talk with us about what we're thinking. Why we're doing certain things. How we're doing certain things. He's going to talk to us about obedience. I know a lot of people don't like the word obedience, but just because a few leaders messed up doesn't mean obedience is out the window. Right? Um, How many of you believe the Bible is God speaking to you? Anybody else besides me? You believe... Say this, the Bible is God speaking to me. I love the Word of God. Now remember what you're saying, because I'm going to go to some scriptures here, and it's going to be the Bible. But if you're going to love the Bible, you've got to love the whole thing. So turn now to Numbers 27. I want to give you a little personal testimony here after I read this. Numbers 27, and the scripture I want to get to is verse 20. But I think I want to back up just a couple verses and get the context here. Let's look at verse 18, Numbers 27, 18. And it says, The Lord said unto Moses, Take you, Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hands on him, Moses, and set him before Eleazar the priest, and before all the congregation, and give him a charge in their sight. And you shall put some, Moses, you shall put some of your honor upon him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. So when the people of the children of Israel saw that Moses laid hands on Joshua and transferred some of the honor of his life onto them, the people said, wow, this is a this is a approval of the Lord. I mean, to have Moses lay hands on you, that's a big deal. I mean, that, that's a huge deal, and it would cause reverence to come into them for Joshua in this position now, because of what the Lord had called him into. And I wanted to say this, because I think it was three years ago, we were at Greater Faith Conference when Kenneth and Gloria Copeland were there, and Keith and Phyllis, of course. And they, they had a time at, I think it was at the beginning of the middle of the service somewhere, where they wanted to lay hands on all the ministers. Kenneth Copeland and Keith Moore and Glory and Miss Phyllis. We're going to lay hands on all the ministers there. And they were believing for a transfer of honor. Remember that, Carla? And so we're up there in the line, right in the front of everything. We're on the front row. We got to sit on the front row and we're on the front row. And, and then Brother Copeland and Keith comes by and laid hands on me. I think Glory and Phyllis might have laid hands on you, or Keith and Kenneth too. So Kenneth Copeland and Keith Moore laid hands on us. And at that time, I believe I received a dose of what was on them in the honor sense. You know what I'm saying? And so here I am three years later and I felt like the Lord said, remember that? I said, yeah, I do. He said, I want you to tell the people in Faith Heights Church that's what happened. 
because through this series, we're going to get some of what was on them through me into all of us. Anybody interested in some of the good things that are on Brother Copeland and Keith and uh, Gloria and Phyllis? Well, I believe it's happening during this series right here. And I wanted to show you that because I believe that's a primary reason why the Lord's having me teach this, is to, is to take that, be a good steward of it, and release it to our church here in the valley for many, many reasons. So, with that now, go to Ephesians chapter 6, and I want to ask you a question. How many of you are interested in more health? Anybody interested in more health in your life? Even if you have enough for yourself, how, how would you like to have so much so it just overflows out of you and gets on other sick people around you? Anybody, anybody interested in healing? Being free from pain? Disease? Going back to the doctor and them going, wow, you're totally free. You're totally healed. Anybody interested in peace? You know, perfect. Anybody interested in more peace? You got any room for more peace in your life? Where you're just like content, like to the max, like you, you just... Anybody got room for more joy? How about anybody got any room for more prosperity? How about, does anybody desire any more well-being in every area of your life? Emotions, marriage, relationships, finance, body. Well, keep that in mind because... All that is wrapped up in these verses we're going to read right here. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. This is the New Testament, and he is actually referring to some Old Testament scriptures here, saying they are totally for New Testament believers. Children, obey your parents. (laughs) Not real popular today, is it? But it's one of the old paths that will bring you peace and, and victory. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, now, can I just stop here for a minute? Children don't just automatically obey their parents. He's actually saying, parents, teach this to your children. Tell them what obedience is. Tell them that it's godly. Tell them that it's in the Bible. Tell them there's amazing rewards that go with it. So really, when we say, children, obey your parents in the Lord, Parents need to take that scripture and begin to show it to their children. As soon as they're able to understand, we need to show them from the Word of God that obeying your parents is not just about obeying your parents. It's about doing what the Lord told you to do. I remember sitting down with Rachel and I think even Isaac at times saying, look at these scriptures. This is the reason we're going to discipline you and we're going to correct you at times and we're going to, yes, spank you at times. This, and thank God we didn't have to do that a lot with our kids. But this scripture right here is, is we're, we're telling you, son, our daughter, we're telling you, we're not just doing something because you ticked us off. Because then you might have to repent to the Lord for doing something for a wrong motive. We correct our children for their sake, not because they're making life miserable for us. That's weakness in parents, if that's what it is. I'm not saying, you know, we all haven't slipped a little in certain areas and gotten mad and yelled when we shouldn't have yelled or whatever. But we need to repent when we do that. Because that's not right. We're correcting for wrong reasons. But here's something. Do you realize, parents, you have a commandment from the Lord to keep your children on the right path when they're at home. 
you do not ask them if they want to go to church any more than you ask them if they want to brush their teeth. Going to church is a little more important than brushing your teeth. Why would you give them an option in that, but not in brushing their teeth or going to school? And, well, I, but I, just, I don't know. I don't want social services. That's fear. And if you're not disciplining your kids because of fear, you talk about big problems coming your way in the future. That's being led by the devil. Fear is not of God. Now, of course, when you discipline your kids, you got to make sure you do it in love. you got to make sure you're led by the Spirit. You don't want to do something stupid. But at the same time, you have to correct them at times. They have to obey you. And if they don't obey you, you have to have certain, well, the Spirit of God will lead you. You have to have certain traits in your life as a parent to where if they don't obey you, you go to DEFCON 1. Right? And if they don't obey DEFCON 1, you go to DEFCON 2. And if they're not responding to DEFCON 2, you go to DEFCON 3, 4, and 5. Right? They can't, they can't get out of it. You've got to show... Now, there are a ton of problems in our country today because honor is no longer required at a children in school. It's such, it's such a drag today. You know, if, if a teacher or a principal, you know, scolds or, or tries to discipline a child in a public school today, the chances of that kid going home Telling mommy and daddy what they said or what they did or how they treated them. The chant, people are afraid because mommy and daddy might get an attorney and take it to court and sue somebody. That's messed up. That's off. As Dominic would say, that's messed up. Right? That is not right. It's ridiculous. And you know what? We, we are not seeing the honor of God in our nation like He wants to honor us. And a lot of it is because of all the disrespect, dishonor that has been bred into our kids in this next generation. I, I'm glad I'm not going to be here you know, after the Lord comes because this whole dishonoring, disrespect, blasphemous society is leading to the Great Tribulation. And it's not going to be good around here. You do not want to miss the first bus to heaven. Right? You don't want to miss, man. Because there's some judgment coming. Um, so, so I was thinking about all the problems in the country right now. And it's like so much of it could be fixed if people would just go back to the old paths. Get back to respect. Miriam and Aaron talked against Moses one day. And God heard it. Oh, I can't believe what Moses did. Oh, I can't believe. And they started coming against the man of God. God heard it. And God called Miriam and Aaron on the carpet. And said, and God said this. He said, you should have been afraid to talk about your leaders the way you disrespected them. Well, Miriam became leprous that day, opened the door to the enemy. God basically just withdrew his hand of protection. She became leprous. And then Moses prayed for her. And I don't know if she ever got well. I mean, it kind of sounds like maybe she did after prayer and intercession, but they blew it. 
They say, well, I would never talk back to God. You talk disrespectful to God-appointed leaders, you're talking disrespectful to the Lord. Serious deal. There are people today saying things about leaders in government that I, I cringe when I hear it. And, and I think the only reason judgment hasn't come on some people is because they're so babyish. They have no knowledge of what they're doing. They're so ignorant. This is a huge deal. There is so much disrespect and dishonor toward our president and toward others in authority right now that it's, it's a miracle of God that there's not a bunch of pile of ashes all over the place. This is serious. And, and if these people were more mature, there would be piles of ashes probably. The enemy would get a hold of them. The only thing that's saving them is their baby state, babyhood state. They're such babies, they don't know. I'm serious. It is so disrespectful to talk negative about a leader. The Bible says, Thou shalt not speak evil of the rulers of your people. And did you know honor has nothing to do with agreeing with your leaders? He didn't say you had to agree with them, but he said you needed to honor them. You don't need to agree with somebody to honor them. Matter of fact, honor shines brighter when you don't agree and keep respecting. At least the position. Are you listening? Now, now I, I've, I've been around long enough to where I've been through a lot of elections. And probably 50% of the elections are, pe- are people got elected to president or Congress or Senate. I didn't agree with. I didn't vote for them. But you know what? I had enough spiritual sense, thank God for my teaching, to know never speak evil of them. Never speak evil. That's so immature. And it's so ungodly. And it's very dangerous as you're growing up and know better. Very disrespectful. Uh, we, we, uh, we've, we've been through many elections. And a lot of these elections, the people that we voted for didn't get it. But did you know our prayers for them? You couldn't hear one bit of difference. If you go back and listen to the tapes, listen to the archives, you'll, hear, you'll not hear one bit of difference between our respect and honor for those we didn't vote for and our respect and honor for the ones we did vote for. God put this in us a long time ago, and it has saved our lives. It saved our children's lives. It saved our marriage. It saved a lot of things in our life for this one reason right here. We learned a long time ago, never speak evil of the... Yeah, you don't have to vote for them. Yeah, you don't have to agree with everything they say, but you need to watch out about rebellion and disrespect because that's of the devil. Now, it can start in the flesh. The flesh is rebellious. The flesh is rebellious in its nature, right? The flesh, I want what I want. I want what I want. Give me what I want. If it makes me feel good, that's what I want. And you can control that. But if you keep persisting in certain areas of rebellion, you will get the attention of an evil spirit. Not saying you'll be possessed or anything, but there will come some harassment and reinforcement of your uncontrolled life. Anybody having fun besides me? (laughs) Go back to Ephesians. Chapter 6, verse 1. Children obey... So where does honor start? Go back to verse 1, please. Children obey your parents in the Lord... You know, as long as your parents aren't telling you to do something stupid. For this is right. What, what is right? Tell me what's right. If obedience in the child-parent relationship is right, then obedience in other areas is right. Right? <laughs> Next verse. Oh, now we're going deeper. 
Now we're going into the attitude. Honor your father and mother. Everybody say honor. See, now he's not saying this is it, guys. This is it. All you got to do is honor your mom and dad, and that's it. No more, no more concern about honor. No more teachings. No, he's saying it starts from children and parents. And then it goes from children and parents to marriages. And then from marriages to the church. And then there's, from the church, it also talks about honor toward government leaders. It starts children, parent, but it don't stop there. It doesn't stop there. And so honor your father and mother, which is, now notice, which is the first commandment, and you'll find it in Deuteronomy chapter 6, I believe it is, about this same commandment, which is the first commandment with promise. What is the promise if we obey and honor? Anybody interested in the promise? See, that's, okay, let's look at the next verse. That it may be well with you. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so days in the hospital are not well with you days. Days in jail are not well with you days. Anybody agree with me? Depressed all the time. That's not well with you. How many want it to be well with you? Anybody want it to be well with you? You like that? And that you may live long on the earth. What's that talking about? Not dying young. Divine protection. Not getting snuffed out early by some crazy accident that the devil set up. Or some crazy person coming your way with a loaded gun. This is the promise of God. If we will learn honor, we will avoid a lot of things that other people are running smack dab in the middle of. Honor. Now, do you realize honoring your parents is first and foremost honoring the one who said to honor your parents? This is one of the greatest things we can teach our kids other than how to be led by the Spirit. This is one of the greatest things we can teach our children as soon as they're able to understand what honor is, how to do it, why to do it, and who to do it toward. Huge. If you want it to be well with your kids when they're on their own, if you want them to live long on the earth and not have fear of them dying young or whatever, teach them honor because this is a promise of God. This is a promise. This is with promise. This is God saying, my word's on the line. My integrity's on the line. You learn honor as a young child, you're going to miss all kinds of junk other people are hitting smack dab head on simply because you were taught honor and you learned honor as a little child. Now, I know there's some people that have grown up in religion that teaches really strong on do's and don'ts, and, and it's just, it's all outward, you know, you can't look like this, you can't wear that, you can't watch this kind of movie, you can't go there, you can't do this, you can't do that. And even though a lot of the things that they're telling their people they can and can't do are, are good, good advice, if they feel like they have to do it, if they feel like they're being scolded, if they feel like they're no good if they don't do it, it's going to breed rebellion in them. You've all heard the, the uh, phrase, I think James Dobson, the first person I heard, rules without relationship breed rebellion. Well, doing the right thing without understanding honor will mess you up. If somebody's preaching, you got to do this, you got to do that, but they're not telling you why and how, it could breed rebellion. But the answer is not 
going the rest of your life snuffing at dress codes and saying, I'm not going to do nothing nobody tell me. Just because you grew up in a religious mess doesn't mean you put away the good. It just means you start to do it for honorable reasons, not just because somebody told you you had to. You don't throw out the good do. You don't throw out the good deeds and the good doing. You don't do that. You just adjust your insides and say, you know what? I want to do this. Because I want to honor the Lord. There's some people today that, that if you were to say, you know what, I, I'd really appreciate it if you, if you wore a suit and tie to this event or this thing over here. I really appreciate it. They'd go, I ain't going to do nothing like that. I'll die for the Lord, but I'm not going to wear no tie. No, you wouldn't die for the Lord. How many know honor says, well, sure, it's not going to kill me. I'll do what, I'll do what my higher-ups tell me to do. Why? Because you honor them, hopefully. Honor shouldn't go down the tubes when we become Christians. Honor should come up when we become Christians and because it's the right motive. Um, so go back to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. I want to read it all again without stopping. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Why? That it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Wow, I kind of want to know what honor is. I kind of want to know how do I tangibly honor God on a daily basis. Let's go to another scripture. Go to 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. Do you realize that honor has a lot to do with the tone of your voice? Think about that. You can tell a lot about attitude by the tone of a person's words, right? For instance, mom says, Johnny, take out the trash. And Johnny goes, okay, uh. And he takes out the trash. What's going on here? Obedience, but zero honor. I think we spanked our kids more for attitude problems than just, I know we did, than just they did something wrong in the natural. When we sensed a hint of rebellion, we stopped everything. And we realized if we didn't want to have to deal with this, we never should have become parents. Don't become a parent unless you're ready to give your life for your kids until they're 18. At least. Maybe 19. <laughs> but we, we spanked them. I mean, I, I had a paddle. I had a wood paddle. Pastor, what about social services? It's either God or social services. I'm not going to do anything stupid, so I'm not afraid that if they come and, and videotape or whatever, I, I'm going to be fine. But... The Bible says, he that spares the rod hates his child. I know some worldly people say, it says, oh, he that spares the rod spoils his child. That's not the Bible. It's stronger than that. He that spares the rod hates his child. How many of you love your children? Yeah, do you? Then all of you hopefully have a paddle or something that you use to discipline to get the message across. Because the Bible says, if you, if you spank your child, 
they'll, they'll sting for a little bit, but he, the Scripture actually says you will deliver their soul from going to hell later. Wow. How many think it'd be, what, what do you think your kids would rather have? A sting in the behind for a minute or end up in hell later because they had no discipline, didn't respect God, didn't respect Jesus. When he was offered to them, they said, I don't even know God, and they end up in hell. Now, I didn't get much discipline when I was a kid because my dad died when I was really young, like eight, nine years old. And so mom did her best to train us, but she didn't know a whole lot either. I mean, she, she wasn't born again, filled with the Spirit. She didn't know a whole lot either. But I didn't get hardly any discipline at home at all. I don't think, I, I don't, I think my dad threw me against the wall one time. I barely remember that, but I don't remember any discipline. And, uh, and the throwing against the wall is definitely something you don't want to do as a parent. You get in big trouble for that. But I, I, I didn't avoid the discipline, though. It's very interesting. I didn't get the paddle, <laughs> but I did get the handcuffs. <laughs> Detective rushing disciplined me with handcuffs and a police car and a jail cell. So I still had to get the discipline. And as long as our nation... Now, Sean, I, I don't... I read some things about that French philosopher that came over here trying to find out why America was so great, went to all these institutions, finally he went to the church. I, I read something online about some people are now saying it, he really didn't say that. Alexa de Tocqueville? He didn't, but I, I think he did say it. I think there's just some people don't, I think there's just some people right now in our country that they hate what he said. Anyway, so he comes over here to America, this, this French philosopher comes over to America and is looking for the secret of the greatness of our country. And he went over here and looked, and he went over there and looked, and went over here and went to that business. Finally, he went into the churches of America. And he found out why America was so great. And this is where this phrase comes for. America is great, he said, because America is good. He found this out in the churches. And if America ever ceases to be good, she'll cease to be great. And I, I don't know how much longer our country, I, I'm not sure, I, as long as we're here, everything's going to be all right. But I sound the trumpet, man, you, you better get your ticket for the first load because you do not want to miss the first elevator up. <laughs> and there's plenty of room in it. So 1 Peter 3, let's look at this and we'll have communion. 1 Peter chapter 3. And this is, we talked about children, parents. Teach your kids honor, kids learn honor. 1 Peter 3 talks about honor in the marriage. And, and it's, it's emphasizing husbands here, but you know it goes both ways. 1 Peter 3, I think men have a harder time doing this sometimes, and that's why he mentions the husband here. Look at verse 7. I would read verse 6, but I'll give you ladies a break. <laughs> Likewise, you husbands, live with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor. Everybody say honor. Give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers, husband, be not hindered. Can a husband's prayers be hindered for not honoring his wife properly? Yeah, 
it's, it's almost like God doesn't even want to talk to you until you apologize to your wife about something you need to apologize to her about. It's almost like God becomes silent other than go apologize to your wife. Go apologize to your wife. But God, I want to talk about this. Go apologize to your wife. God, tell me about this. Go apologize to your wife. God, why am I not getting a healing? Go apologize to your wife. Do you understand? This is one of the reasons people's prayers fail is because they're violating honor toward the people they should be honoring. And it would work with wives to the husbands as well. We know that. The Bible talks about wives reverence your husbands. But I think men have a little harder time with this. I'm the guy and I get what I want. You submit to me. Yeah, and you're going to be on your own if you need a healing or a deliverance someday too because not only is that woman your wife, she's God's daughter. And he may not want to talk to you about what you want to talk to him about until you make things right with your wife, his daughter. And, um, you know, I honor a lot of, in the New Testament. I'll close here. But in the New Testament, uh, you'll find out that honor has a lot to do with blessing people financially. You know, honor the Lord with your substance. Support his work. And, um, you know, we kind of have this rule in our house. If I'm going to honor myself with a $2,000 piece of studio equipment, yes. I'm going to honor Carla with what she wants with $2,000. She can spend $2,000. Heirs together, why would I just buy something for me and not buy for her? So we've got this thing in our She says, she said, when I'm talking about all this studio, you know, musical equipment that costs $5,000, $10,000, and all this, she goes, go ahead, John, because she knows she gets equal share. <laughs> Go get it. Just go get it, man. Go get it right now. I always wondered why she was so for me doing that, but I forgot we had made that agreement that if I buy, then she's got that. She can go buy whatever she wants for the same amount of money. How many ladies think that's a good idea? (laughs) If I'm going to honor me with that, then why not honor her with the same thing? So much more to say in this subject. I mean, there there, there are some things the Lord wants to do in our church that He can't do right now. But once our honor comes up, and we understand what that is and how, how honoring God is honoring His Word. It's honoring people in our lives that the Word specifically tells us to honor and what honor means and, and respect. And as we come up in some of the... And just, and just get a little... Tighten some hatches, right? Tighten some, some cords and, and get some things straight and not be loose in certain areas. We're going to see more power, more miracles. And if you want any homework, Mark chapter 6 is a good chapter to read for homework. It talks a lot about honor dishonor and why the Lord could not do more mighty works in his hometown. So let's go ahead and get ready to receive communion at this time. And, and Father, we just, Lord, we yield to you. Anything else you want to do before we leave tonight, just do it, Lord. We, we thank you for the teaching, but we know there's also manifestations and demonstrations of the Spirit that need to be happening in these last days. We're open, Lord. And right now, as we honor you by receiving communion... We just say, Holy Spirit, work your work in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and hand out the elements, Carla. Here you go, brother. We serve you. Go serve the people. Here you go, brother. Sean, serve. We serve you. Serve the people. Thank you, Lord. If you felt a little bit corrected tonight or a little bit angry tonight, Join the club.
It just means the Lord loves us. And you know, don't, don't take my word. If I said anything that you don't have scripture to back up, I just, you know, let it go. I just can tell the Lord's wanting us to come up so he can do more for us in some of these areas. So more reverence, more miracles. That's as simple as you can put, put it. Father, as we get ready as a church family to receive these elements, we remember that Jesus died for us. His body was broken for our healing. His blood was shed for our redemption. Jesus, we thank you so much for the privilege to be here tonight as the body of Christ, the church, partaking of the body and the blood of the Lord. Lord, we slow down and we consider this a very heavy, weighty time right now. Your body was broken so our bodies could be healed. Without you, Lord, we would have no chance against sickness. We'd have no defense against disease. But because of you, we absolutely rebuke disease and say you bore our sicknesses and you carried our pains. And by your stripes, we were healed. By your gashes, we were healed. Let it go on record. We believe it. We believe it. And now, Lord, on the night you were betrayed, you took bread, you broke it, you gave it to your disciples, and you said, take, eat, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we do this tonight, remembering the pain and the agony you went through so we could be completely and totally healed. Thank you, Lord, for taking our place. We believe that your body was broken for our, our healing to happen. And we also discern one another as the spiritual body of Christ and make sure that we're not walking in strife with anybody. If we are, we repent this very moment in Jesus' name. As a family church, let's take this bread, let's eat it and remember that his body was broken for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus shed his blood for us. Sinless, spotless blood. And Lord, on the night you were betrayed, you took the cup. You blessed it. And you said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Drink it, all of it. For it's shed for many for the remission of sins. Remission means complete wiping away. Not just a covering. Remission means wiping away, gone. And now, Lord, we thank you that by your blood, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law, from all iniquity, from everything that's not right. We thank you, Lord, for forgiving of all, all of our sins, gone by the blood of Jesus. If the devil brings them up, we'll laugh because according to your word, they're gone. You don't remember them. We refuse to keep bringing them up. Our sins are gone, washed away by the blood of Jesus. And Lord, we drink this cup as a family tonight, remembering you shed your blood for us so we could be completely free and be with you forever in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Let's drink as a church and remember what he did for you. Thank you, Lord. 
Let's just reverence the Lord for just a minute here. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, we thank you for the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, Don't be afraid. Make the choice to not yield to fear. For it's trying to come upon my people in this hour. And it's not from me, saith the Lord. For I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So fear not what people are saying around you. Fear not what you may be feeling at times on the inside. Don't be afraid for that fear is not from me, says the Lord. Resist it and rebuke it and say, fear, I resist you in Jesus' name. I refuse to fear. Now the world will be afraid because they don't know me, saith the Lord. The world will be anxious and the world will be depressed, but that is not the road for my people. My people need to be full of joy full of peace, eyes higher than this realm, looking above and beyond the seen into the realm of the unseen. Look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For things that are seen are temporary, but things that are not seen are eternal. And so don't slip into the ways and the fears of this world. Guard your life. Watch out about what you're listening to. Turn off things that promote fear and uneasiness on the inside. A lot of it's not true anyway, says the Lord. It's, it's, it's trying to get people ensnared, resist it, stop it, turn it off in Jesus' name and walk in the peace and the freedom that I bought for you, says the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Gather your children under your spiritual wings. Pray for them. Teach them the ways of the Lord. Let them see mom and dad putting God first. This is vital in this hour. For the stability of the times is only found in being rooted in the word of God and praying every day. So don't fear about what's trying to happen around you. Don't fear the words you're hearing some people speak. Some of it's not even true, says the Lord, although some of it is. But don't be afraid, for my plans are to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you. Viente, kifiano, bronchiquiata, ecro, vonooche, vindiinco, bancantala, edgiveento, moda, crifiana, eschebacausto, vocoloonte, Brema divi ingle eje manta ecre divianto. Pray in the Spirit every day. Don't get far away from the things of the Holy Spirit. There's many poles in the earth right now to try to pull you out of walking in the Spirit. Be on guard. Don't follow the majority. The majority has never been right. But straight is the way to life, and few there be that find it. So stay close to those God's called you to be close to. Stay close to those places and teachings that you know are for you. Don't drift. 
The enemy is subtle. He'll try to pull you away little by little, and before you know it, you're a long ways away from where you should be. And the Lord says, be cautious, but don't be afraid. Lift your eyes, look up, for your redemption draws near. For the end of all things is at hand. Be sober, watch unto prayer, and for you and your household, everything is going to be all right. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 